Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And I've often said, why can't we just go back to the typewriter? <laughs> well, you know, every now and then you long for Ma Bell, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Why did the government have to break up break up a Bell telephone? Good Lord. Um, now, tell us a little bit about this uh, incredible, incredible book that you have here, my friend. Well, that's very nice of you to call it incredible. But anyhow, uh, it was a book I had a great deal of pleasure in writing. Uh, it... Uh, I have a just a connection since actually right after 9/11 with Cuba, and and although I've only actually been there twice, I have uh, dear friends there, and I <laughs> belatedly learned about the Cuban literacy campaign of 1961 just before my second trip to Cuba, uh, and I'd never heard of it before, but apparently. Uh, Fidel Castro in 1960, after he'd been in power for about a year and three quarters, announced to the United Nations that in one year, uh, Cuba would become a literate nation. And I'm sure everybody went, hoo, hoo, hoo. But he came home and asked for volunteers. He said, if you can read and write, then you should teach someone else to read and write. And so he launched this enormous literacy campaign. At the end of that year, the UN observers said that Cuba was the first country in the Western Hemisphere to be uh, illiteracy-free. Wow. To be completely literate. So it was a remarkable campaign. And one of the truly remarkable things that I found about it was that about 108,000 of the 750,000 volunteers were between the ages of 12 and 18. So these teenagers left their comfortable, safe homes in the cities and went out into the countries and into the mountains to teach the uh, farmers and the peasants how to uh, read and write. That is fantastic. Now, did you get a chance to actually talk to any of these folks that... that... Well, as it turned out, much to my surprise, my closest friend in Cuba had been one of these young volunteers as a teenager. I didn't know it. She'd never told me that. But uh, I was writing a speech to uh, give at her conference, and I mentioned, you know, my admiration for these young people in the speech. And the woman who was translating the speech in Spanish said, well, you knew, of course, that Amelia was a brigadista. And I said, no, I didn't know. But it just made perfect sense. But she's very strong, very... uh, accomplished woman who is a college professor and a writer and who is very outspoken. In fact, I often wondered why she wasn't in jail, but uh, we won't say that out loud. Uh, but uh, she, she's just a wonderful woman and, and so many of these accomplished women in Cuba today look back at the campaign of 1961 as the turning point 
in their lives when they realized what they could accomplish and that they weren't just going to be kept at home to be groomed to be proper human wives, but they could do things on their own and, and really make a contribution to their country and, to, and really to the world. It is a uh, an incredible book. We've got a, a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast. Now, uh, what made Castro's goal of 100% literacy in Cuba so audacious and so unlikely? Because you mentioned that 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 he was he was met with uh, not 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 a lot of positive uh, feedback when he made this announcement. Well, well, I just think they. I mean, it would be impossible to in one year to eradicate illiteracy in a country where there were people way back in the mountains who had never been able to even sign their own names. I mean, these volunteers had to teach people the alphabet. (laughs) They didn't know what the alphabet was. And they had to, uh, and I think that's one of the sort of thrilling things, how thrilled people were to be able to write their own names. And they wouldn't have to sign with a thumbprint or an X mark anymore. They could write out their names. And uh, but they they could do more than that. They had to pass a primer to be, uh, which was pretty ambitious. Of course, the primer was also uh, a piece of propaganda because they were trying uh, to teach the people way off in the hinterlands what the revolution was all about. And uh, there was also the feeling um, on Castro's part that if the people in the city went to the countryside and worked side by side uh, with the peasants, that they would, they would be more, much more cohesive nation. Uh, and he was, he was concerned not only about literacy, but about uh, building a nation that wasn't divided between the haves and the have-nots. And, you know, I think of that in our own country. I think part of our problem is that that uh, we look down on people that we don't think are as good as we are or who think differently from ourselves or who work with their hands when we work with our minds. Uh, so, you know, I'm not arguing that Fidel Castro was a wonderful guy. He did a lot of terrible things. But he did some good things for Cuba. And the literacy campaign was certainly one of them. We've got a, a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in a broadcast, coast to coast to border to border. And uh, slightly more than half of those who originally volunteered were females. How did girls and women's experiences differ from those of the male volunteers? Well, uh, it was different. It, it was different because males in in that society were were given much more freedom than women. Uh, and especially a Cuban girl, I mean, her father would be, wouldn't even want her to be walking the streets by herself, probably. And, um, you know, they, they were concerned because what most women had to look forward to was a, a, a marriage, and they wanted them to be proper, proper Cuban housewives and proper human Cuban mothers. And here these girls went out and uh, found you know, <laughs> not only freedom uh, from the, the uh, 
strictures of their home life, but also uh, found what they could accomplish. Uh, and I think boys in most societies, unfortunately, even today, sort of start out with, you know, I can be anything I want to be, uh, but girls are not always taught that. We've got a, a great guest with us today, Catherine Peterson with us today. She joins us live talking a little bit about this incredible, incredible book that uh, she's written here. Now, uh, what were some of the challenges that these that these folks faced during the literacy campaign? Why did this campaign make such a great fodder for a novel? Well, uh, I mean, it was an exciting time um, and also a dangerous time because there were insurgents who escaped uh, the original uh, battle uh, when Batista's forces were fighting uh, Castro's forces. And then the Bay of Pigs occurred in April. And so the people who, the soldiers who escaped um, either imprisonment or death, most of them to death, I think, uh, they went up into the mountains and joined with the insurgent forces that were there. and. For some reason, they not only wanted to uh, kill as many of the militia as they could, they also felt they needed to kill the literacy workers, and they threatened the literacy workers and actually killed uh, at least two of them and several of the farmers in whose homes they stayed. So uh, it was it was physically dangerous as well as uh, uh, just a whole different life for the literacy workers. And that makes it that makes for an exciting adventure book, right? <laughs> yes, 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 indeed. Now, uh, what, what do you want readers to take away from your writing in this great book? Well, I've, I've always maintained that a writer has no right to tell a reader how to read a book. Uh, once you've put a book in print, it belongs to the reader, not to the writer anymore. So, I, I really hesitate to say what I want any individual. A reader to take away from this book but of course I have a sneaky wish <laughs> that young uh, Americans will feel that I could do something for my country I could do something for the world uh, we gotten to be such a me population and it's driven us into various corners of only concerns me and my little group is important and poo on you and you can see the divide we have uh, in our country because of that and I'd like for you know it would be wonderful if young people would say no the, I want to work for the good of everyone I want I want to make a difference that will be a positive difference in the world so if they get that from reading the book, I would be very happy, but I can't. I can neither promise it or or dictate it. It's up to the reader. <laughs> now, uh, this this book uh, has has been getting a lot of rave reviews. Tell us about some of the uh, different reviews you've gotten on the book so far from colleagues and from folks that maybe you've given advanced copies to, things of that nature. Well, my favorite review is from Amelia Callego, who is my friend who was an actual brigadista. And she said that the thing that really made me feel like it was okay for me to do it, she said, I 
if I didn't know you and hadn't read your books in Spanish, I wouldn't believe that a person who hadn't been there would be able to write this book. And I thought, well, I don't need any other reviews. <laughs> that one does it. She thinks, that's awesome. It sounds like I was there. Then, then that's that's. Then that's the it. I I'm I'm good with that, as Muhammad Ali used to say. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> now, uh, with, with this book, uh, take us through the writing process for the book. Well, uh, of course, I had done an enormous amount of research because I was going back to Cuba to make a talk about, because uh, uh, my friend Amelia runs a literacy conference for, for Latin America every two years, and she asked me to come and speak at the conference. And so I, I had been reading about the, the a year, the literacy year, and I thought, well, I want to include that in the talk I'm making to people from all over Latin America because it's such a, a wonderful story. And, that, you know, I thought probably most of them would have heard it, but it was new to me. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, I, I had done the research, and when I came back from Cuba, uh, I was telling my friends, of course, as you do, about your trip and and about the whole literacy campaign. And one of my friends said, well, I think you should write about it. And I thought, oh, should I write about it? I'm not Cuban. I'm not, I'm not even uh, Spanish-speaking. How could I do that? And then I just, I was really excited about it. So I wrote to... Uh, or called, actually, Karen Lotz, who's the publisher at Candlewick, and I've known her since she's just barely out of college, so I dared to ask her if she thought it would be possible for me to write such a book, and I was thinking about nonfiction, and she said, well, I hear the excitement in your voice, I think it ought to be a novel. So, with that encouragement, I began writing the book, and I really... I must say, it was just a joy to write. I loved writing this book. Some books are really difficult and, and painful to write, but this one was a pure joy. Have you uh, thought about getting it translated into uh, into Spanish so uh, Spanish-speaking folks can read this as well? Well, well, Emilia said she was determined that it be published in Cuba, so we're working on it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, um... With with the book, as we wrap up here, uh, what's next for you as an author? Well, I've been. Uh, I usually don't know <laughs> when I finish a book if I'll ever write another one, and uh, but this time I happen to because I have been asked to write a nonfiction book uh, about uh, Della Lepman, who is a wonderful German Jew who went back to Germany after World War Two, uh, and decided that children's books would be a bridge for peace. And she not only established the Munich uh, International Children's Book Library, uh, but she uh, started uh, the International Board on Books for Young People, which, uh, which is now has representatives from 75 countries, uh, a number of which uh, their governments don't speak to each other, but we all gather because we care about children and their books, and we believe that children's books can be a way of making peace. So uh, I've been asked to write um, 
a biography of her life for young readers. So that's what I'm going to work on next. Fantastic. Well, uh, before we let you go, how do people find you online, pick up the books, everything else? Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm not a great self-promoter, apparently. So my, my uh, son, John, runs my Facebook page. So if you look up Catherine Patterson on Facebook, or if you go to my website, which is www.catherinepatterson.com, or www.terabithia.com, since a lot of people know Terabithia and they don't know Catherine Patterson. So either of those ways will get you there, and they'll tell you how to buy a book. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, go to your local bookstore and ask first, and uh, if, if you can't find one there, you can go online and find one. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us, and uh, thanks for talking to us about this great book, my friend. Thank you very much, James. Appreciate it. Definitely. Have yourself a wonderful day. Have a good weekend. That, of course, Catherine Pedersen with us today here in our broadcast. And uh, that wraps it up here for Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.